Okay. Everybody on, everybody on track? Yep. Uh, yep. Okay, you guys, tell me about this book. I'm so excited to hear about this book. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I'm Todd Conklin. I'll be your host for today's festivities. It is time for a podcast. How have you been? I have all sorts of things to tell you about today. It's kind of a big day for me. I mean, uh, conversation-wise. I don't know if it is actually real-wise that good or not. So, uh, so uh, long story short, I have a loner Tesla Model X long distance sitting in my driveway. And uh, it's a long story involving um, safety and plant functioning and management, thinking about how to define safety and injury numbers and, uh, you know, all the stuff you guys do for a living, reliability. But I, I out of it, have blossomed into the opportunity for a couple weeks, and it'll go short. It'll go fast. I mean, I guess short's the same, but fast is what I mean where I get to uh, drive around in a Tesla and try it out. So I'll give you a full report. I've just had it a couple days. But, uh, wow, what a vehicle. It's kind of slick, this this idea. I'm kind of, I've become, I don't know, you know, I got into e-biking because that seemed like something that was good to do, and I was excited to do it, and it means I get to go outside. That's nice. And now e-carring, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. The whole world has gone topsy-turvy. I do think the e-biking is making me lose weight, which I didn't imagine. Because e-biking is, I, we're going to have to have a whole conversation on this as well. I mean, that's there's so much to talk about. Mostly what I'm thinking about right now is um, how you're doing in a world that's absolutely filled with just constant uncertainty. This this just acute levels of of just tragic thinking followed with chronic levels of stress uh, is really wearing people down and you're, you're seeing it. I mean, I'm seeing it manifest and, and you are too. There's no question about that. And, and that's, that's a part of what we ought to be paying attention to at every level and talking about. So that's coming up. That's, that's on the podcast as well. But today we're going to focus almost entirely on the notion of learning teams. So you're going to get to meet three people today some of them you've kind of met before because a couple of them been on the podcast, but you're going to get to meet Brent Sutton and Glennis McCarthy and Brent Robinson. And they're all Kiwis. They're all from New Zealand and they have just absolutely produced, uh, this really interesting book. I I'm really excited about it. I hope you are too, uh, called the practice of learning teams. And what they did is they got interested in this idea of using engaged workers to both problem identify and then solution create. And they decided that it needed some applied, really, activity behind the thinking. So we could call this qualitative data. But they went out and tried it. And what they did is they looked at the process of learning teams using a learning team. 
And then they captured the information, kind of like a, a big focus group, right? They captured the information and created a manuscript of which they're dealing with the practice of using learning teams for organizations to collect data. And it's, it's, it's really clever. It's very, very, very clever. I, I actually think you're going to like it a lot. And so we got the chance to talk to these guys because why wouldn't you? I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. And so Jay Allen from Safety FM, you know him as well, he set up a call because it got really complicated because we're on multiple continents and a bazillion different time zones and lots of people. So we needed some audio engineering, and Jay was there for that. And he set up a call, and we had a conversation about this new book, The Practice of Learning Teams. It's available now, I think, both in Kindle and paperback, and I think they're working the audio book for it as well. And I think they're eventually thinking about doing some workshops around what they came up with. And, and what they've done is just taken the notion of learning teams and talked to a lot of people who are good at them, Bob Edwards and company, Andrea Baker, those guys, and, and really tried to determine what it takes to do this and how it benefits. And in the process, they, they discovered... Uh, uncovered, maybe is a better word. You know what word they use all the time? They co-created, that's a better word, they co-created some, I don't know how else to call it, but kind of some some, uh, some structural underpinnings, that sounds like a fancy pants word, to how learning happens. And it's a, it's a great conversation. I think you'll find the conversation really interesting, C- kind of how they conceived this happening and what they did and how they made it take place and, and what the product looks like. And so that is, in fact, what today's podcast is going to cover, that conversation over multiple time zones and many continents in the midst of a global pandemic. You know, just the normal course of business for what we do now. And um, I think you'll like it. Other than that, I hope you're doing okay and really checking in on how stress is manifesting for you and the people you love and the people you hang out around, those people, because you're really seeing this kind of ebb and flow of encouragement and discouragement, encouragement and discouragement. You must feel it as well. And it's it's interesting to watch as an observer, but you don't get to be an observer in it. That's the problem, is that you're also a part of this mix. And so now you're really a participant in this, constant ebbing and flowing of how people move and and go backwards and forwards and how it's kind of in many ways rocking the fundamental understanding, the fundamental design really of how work is done. And that's, I think that story's not over and how we move into whatever we're moving into is going to be interesting. What's significant is that what, once was probably will stay just there in the once was category. And we're sort of co-creating. There's that word again, kind of what new looks like. And that's why I thought this was such a timely conversation because ultimately we know it hasn't really changed the fact that the essential workers on the pointy end of the stick understand and actually make work happen. They complete the design of work 
in order to be effective. And that's what we want to talk about. So without much further ado, that's French, let's listen to the conversation that we had around the new book that's out called The Practice of Learning Teams by Brent, Brent, and Glennis. Two Brents and a Glennis. Here we go. Okay, you guys, tell me about this book. I'm so excited to hear about this book. Well, it was your crazy idea, Todd. Well, so and, don't uh, don't discredit it before we get started. I mean, save that kind of stuff for the end. Well, look, it, it actually all goes back to uh, that little soiree we had in Denver in uh, February last year, uh, where we uh, worked with you guys, and there was a whole group of people, and there were lots of questions being asked, and a lot of those questions were being asked were people really wanted to explore um, the how and the why for learning teams rather than the what. And we sort of walked away from that thinking, um, how can we help uh, this, this, the group, how can we help community sort of get a, that deeper level of understanding? And, and I remember one of the compelling things that you've always said to me is that when we're trying to deal with things that are quite um, complex, we need to try and make them transparent. Right. That, so and that's so important. Let's 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 not run off that. That you'll never simplify a complex relationship, right? Because they're complex by definition. Yes. So transparency, making the couplings, making the details seeable, knowable, that's really powerful. And that um, I find amazing because that is exactly what you guys did. Yeah, and, podcast and, over. Pod, podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> we we course, got there really fast. The, the way that we did that was that we had this crazy idea of actually running a learning team on learning teams. Because and? It, it seems like there's more to that. It's quite, quite very daunting. How could we show this transparency with this complex relationship? Uh, because, you know, learning teams, a bit like um, HOP, is really a philosophy. And how could we do it in such a way that we gave people a framework rather than just giving them a whole batch of tools that they could run around and weaponize in their own way? And so finding, discovering, maybe I'm trying to choose my words carefully, discovering that framework became really the task of the learning team. That's correct. And, that, and we established that framework quite early on. And then we basically built content within that framework. And, and it's interesting, just last night, I went back to that framework document and we're probably within 85% of, of the original madness that we came up with. So what's the goal of the book? If a, if a practitioner picks it up, what, what, what will they get out of it? Hopefully what they'll get out of it is that they will see themselves. So they'll see themselves on a journey. Um, they'll also see how they can really get um, richer, more robust conversations with people doing the work, um, and they will be able to look at how they can embed that into their practice. So increased engagement for sure. Yeah, but more than just engagement, something that's much more meaningful so that there is a transfer of, of knowledge and skill going both sides. So rather than it going just to the practitioner, there is um, equal imbalance going on both sides. I, I think from my perspective, one of the things, Todd, that, that has always, I suppose, 
frustrated me with training is that um, I don't know what I don't know. So I go on training courses and I and I try and take the bits that are relevant for me. So when we created this book, the first thing that we said was that we're going to define what we think is a good learning teams facilitator. And if we can show people what good looks like, then what we want to do is give them the pathway so that they can assess where they're at now, see what the, where they are today. If they can see where they're today, they know where they need to go, then we can give them a means and a way of being able to go down that path with them. So that was the primary objective. Um, and ultimately, to be good at learning teams takes time. And so to write the book, because you were using a learning team to learn about learning teams, it's a really, there's three of you that wrote the book. And so let's take a moment, and why don't you guys introduce yourselves to the gang so they all know who you are. Give us a little taste of who you are and your background, and then we'll talk about how you guys work together. Well, um, so my name's um, Brent Sutton, and um, I've known Todd for a number of years now, And but I've been practicing in the world of health and safety for about 18 years. And um, uh, I've specialised in the uh, what's called the human misery end of the industry, which is dealing with uh, workplace fatalities and major harm. And I uh, first met you, Todd, a number of years ago, where uh, you were speaking at a conference and your whole concept of a restorative process just resonated with me so strongly. Because in all the work that I've done, I've, I've always felt, no matter how I approach things, um, why do workers feel blamed? When things go wrong, why do workers feel that they were the, the cause or why does the organisation set things up in that way? So for me, uh, something like learning teams really resonated quite strongly because it allowed people to look from a restorative perspective. Excellent. Who's next? I suppose I'll jump in. Um, so, um, hi, Todd. My um, my background is very much around um, adult education. So I've been in adult education for probably longer than I'd like to, to, to say. Um, and I've always had a particular interest in how do you um, get the very best from uh, people that you're working with, um, looking at people with very diverse skills. Um, and so for me, it's always been about what can you do as a facilitator of learning to make um, some sense for somebody in terms of their current state of knowledge and help them to progress to a future point? So learning teams for me sits really comfortably with how I see practice. I've been sitting in health and safety now for about six or seven years. Um, certainly in the past, when I worked in adult literacy, health and safety was always a big factor. That was something that companies always wanted people to understand. And in part, it was because there was such confusion about key terms, key concepts, key language that people were using, that often people didn't really know what was going on, didn't really understand the importance of. So for me, health and safety and learning teams sits really nicely together. Excellent. And finally, because one Brent is never enough. Brent? <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Brent Robinson. Um I came to it from um, I, from quality. You know, I started off my career in quality and industrial engineering. And, you know, I've had a 
interesting career and ended up in sales. And one of the things I see in, in the corporate world is we do these investigations and it ends up being about the the operator not doing it. If they just followed the just followed the rules or just followed the procedure. And Brent had been talking to me about this for years and years. And um, we hopped on the plane and went up to Denver. And um, it was just one of those aha moments because we've used it in um, in a lean context and we've also used it in a sales context with product development. And it's really helped us tease out um, information from a, a greater variety of people that have fed into those processes. And it, it's been a really interesting um, program to work our way through that. And, you know, with the book, for me, you know, when uh, Glennis was putting it together and Brent were putting it together, um, I was checking myself against what they were saying in the book. And, you know, for me, it helped my learning about learning teams. So, it's, yeah, it's been a really interesting process. And that's how, you know. Oh, go ahead, Brent. I'm sorry. And, yeah, I was just going to finish off and say, you know, it's um, it, I've, it's a really useful process. We've, you know, I've used it quite a few times now, and I, I really like it in all sorts of contexts. Nice. So, ultimately, in your learning team to do learning teams, where you came up with this framework, which is what the book is about, what what were your moments of discovery? What did you learn? What what makes this um, this job aid, this assistance you guys created? What makes it have value? Well, like everything else, I mean, from from my perspective, Todd, um, throughout my uh, work history around systems, I've always seen this issue where uh, uh, people like to pick up the new shiny toy. They take the parts of that shiny toy that really resonate with them and they weaponize it to their own um, usefulness. And as soon as they get uh, pushback, they actually blame the shiny toy. And when I looked at the work that you were doing and how that work was evolving, I, I said to myself, um, we, we must be able to do something in such a way that we can reduce the risk of weaponization. So the book was part of that. The book was to basically say, um, this is a journey. This is where you need to get through this journey. There's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. Um, but ultimately, uh, if you follow a very strong reflective practice, um, that reflective practice helps to minimize the effect of um, that whole sort of what we call, or as you've labeled it, um, weaponization. Anyone else? For me, it was, you know, it really um, solidified that um, work is imagined and work is done and really helped me tease those things out when we're looking at stuff. And even if it was a product development type application, you know, when we're trying to understand what people are doing and what we thought they were doing, it's been really powerful in in that context as well. And it really helped me think about how we can use it and and get that input um, and that facilitation. And it came down to facilitation, you know, helping that facilitation, whether it's an excellent investigation or a, um, learning more about what people are doing in their particular uh, job roles. So I think that's where I, you know, I got a lot out of it. 
Gwyneth, anything to add? Yeah, um, just to follow on from Brent, Brent was just saying, I think that uh, there's a value for organisations to really get a, a richer dialogue going between how they imagine work to be done and work is done, that workers can bring a value with regards to how they perceive work is done and those things that are either aiding good practice or detracting from good practice. So for me, looking at mechanisms that allow that richer dialogue to take place, um, and certainly the journey that we've been on is to try and articulate what are the skill sets that a practitioner who's facilitating a learning team, what are those skill sets, what does that look like, and how does the nuance change as you move from somebody that maybe is, say, emerging in the space to somebody that's really got mastery of skill. And that's something that uh, the two Brents and myself have really bounced around. Uh, we've really thought about how we have developed a skill set, um, what have been the things that have aided us in our practice, and then what are the things that have detracted from our practice. Tell me more. I find that really interesting. I suppose for, um, for myself, for Brent Sutton and I, um, being both here in Auckland, we've had quite a few ex experiences where we've really played around with the concept of learning teams. So we've really looked to see how open organisations have been to use it as a methodology, how open uh, workers have been to use it as a methodology in a range of different circumstances. So we've been really, really interested in how, as practitioners ourselves, how we have developed in this space, um, both in terms of what skills have we brought from other parts of our lives and what skills have we had to develop as we have started to hone our practice and use learning teams to really uh, um, develop and um, enhance deeper and meaningful conversations uh, for the organization's value and as, as well as for the workers' value. And Todd, from my, from my perspective, um, we wanted to push the boundaries around operational learning. We basically wanted to look at the book from the perspective of, of saying that, that learning needs to happen um, throughout the life cycle of an organisation. And as, as much as learning teams has uh, been primarily used in the past for uh, post-event, uh, we were really keen to see how learning teams could be used um, for everyday work, how learning teams could be used to support organisations and management of change and with events. And what we wanted to explore was that when we have this dialogue, when, when we run these learning teams, when we get these people together, that uh, that what workers learn from that engagement and what the organisation learns from engagement is actually quite different. And a lot of traditional means or methods of uh, or what we call interventions don't actually deliver worker learnings. The only party that learns from it is the organisation. So we were really, uh, I think, quite focused to say, and through our own experiences, uh, how do we create the opportunity for learning to happen both at a worker level and from an organisational level, level? Because at the end of the day, if you don't learn, you can't improve. And I think so that's, that's really an important point. Oh, sorry, Todd. Go ahead, Brent. No, go ahead. I think it's a really important point because that learning, you know, I think people have looked at it from a... Um, you know, a safety incident type of point of view. But 
what we're seeing is is a, you know is learning from for that exactly. But there's also a productivity improvement, you know, because you're learning something about what they're doing. It's not somebody in an office creating these SOPs or these standard work documents that are unrelated to the actual work. You're getting the people that are doing the work feeding into it, and it is a much richer outcome. And, and you know, we've been using it on um, um, construction site. Um, with the pre-starts in the morning. And that's been really interesting because before it was just somebody saying, oh, here's the pre-start, here's the safety issue for the day. And what we're doing now is saying, well, hey, guys, what, what did we learn yesterday? What are the improvements we can do today? And it's a, it's a two-pronged thing. It's not just safety, it's productivity. And, you know, people come at me, hey, if we just did this, it would be much more effective. And so we're trying to capture that really, really quickly. And I think that's been, you know, what I've been seeing out of it's been really, really cool. Um, and the organizations benefited from it. Build on that idea that you guys are bringing up, which I think is fundamental to the book, but really interesting. And that is that learning products aren't one size fit all. That different stakeholders, different shareholders, stakeholders, I guess, in the organization learn different things from the same data. Oh, absolutely, and, and and that's because they have different needs. So if if we think about uh, Todd, we think about you know the blue line, black line type component that that gap between workers imagined and workers done. Um, you know what, what we've explored further is the fact that um, workers uh, uh, through their everyday interaction and the work that they're doing, there is some learning that goes on, but that learning may not be what we call intentional that they didn't go out to learn that, that that learning happened through the process of what they do and that those changes that they make um, and, and how they work and those behaviours are, are typically more sort of micro changes. But when the organisation comes in to try and do its learning, it's doing a learning from a macro change. So part of what we were trying to explore was how could we um, um, provide uh, this ability for organisations to be able to gather intelligence rather than doing an intervention where they're, where they're able to see if there could be any uh, both positive and negative effect from those micro changes that are happening at that work level. And, and for us, that was a really exciting part of the book was to explore those things. Um, but more importantly, we gave people uh, examples of how to do that. Uh, you, you may recall, Todd, that we, we, we had a really good conversation around metrics and um, you know, metrics have been a, a bit, bit of an ugly word for quite some time. But we were using uh, metrics um, in, in the concept of being able to gather organisational intelligence without it being seen as an intervention. And really, it's kind of the difference between almost the word measuring and monitoring. Right. I mean. You, you measure a linear system, you measure a, a non-complex system, a mechanistic system, right? Root cause works, all those, we know all those things, right? In a complex system where you're trying to make those complex couplings more transparent, you're really monitoring as opposed to measuring, you're, you're discovering. Or I think Glenn has used a word that I was hoping she would use, so I'll tease it in. And that is you're co-creating sort of what matters. And I think that there's a real value in that. Um, I think that, Ultimately, for an organization to get true, rich learning, 
around the difference between how they imagine work is being done and the reality of how work is actually being done is you need to have conversations at a robust level with the people who are actually doing that work so that you co-construct a true reality. Wow. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's uh, It seems like we should all go to our places and practice mindfulness. <laughs> and I, suspect, I suspect there's a place for that as well. Yes, very nice answer. And Brent, for you, mindlessness could also be practiced. <laughs> it's okay. he's, got, he's a master in that. I, I, sorry, I'm a, a, a guru. That's the term we use. I'm just waiting for the caftan, Todd. Uh, it's coming. It'll come. The caftan comes. What it doesn't show, it points to. Just work with that one a while. And think about it. It, it, it'll. Uh, It'll all get clear as you progress through. What are you most proud of in this book? For me personally, it's about collaboration, that um, we have created something at the beginning that, you know, it has certainly been a journey. We sat down, we said, this is what we were going to do. We went away, we wrote something, we came back, we talked about it, we went away, we refined something, we came back and we talked about it. And at the end of it, I still feel like I like the two people that I've written this book with. Um, and I think that's really important. That's good to know. I'm still I'm, I'm waiting for the physical evidence, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, I think it, it has been a journey, and um, the thing you've got to be very conscious of is that uh, you get to this, you've learned so much through the writing process that you want to go back and start again. And I remember this conversation we had, Todd, about, you know, uh, writing a series of books because books are in evolution. And that's why we really want to start off with this whole concept of the practice of. In other words, giving people that concept of understanding what does good look like. And our intention is to, you know, follow it up with um, the field guide, which is really giving people those, those practical everyday components and then the last of it is going to be the whole concept around mastery of, of learning teams. But the thing I've been most proud of is that uh, I believe that learning teams can be agnostic when it comes to the system that the organisation operates in. That we, we, at the moment in the world of safety, we have this divide between safety one, safety two, safety differently, systems thinking, resilient organisation, human factors, behavioural safety, you name it, we have lots of different language. Uh, learning teams is a philosophy that can sit across any system because at the end of the day, it's about how to engage with workers in a meaningful way, create meaningful dialogue and get both the worker and the organisation to learn and to improve. So that's a conversation. That's uh, that's what we talked about. It's uh, it's exciting. I think. I think the book's really exciting. A special thanks to Brent Sutton for sure, and Glennis McCarthy for sure, and Brent Robinson for sure, and to Jay Allen for kind of shepherding everybody onto the same soundtrack. Thanks for the conversation. Mostly, thanks for moving the ball forward. That feels like the right thing to do at every single level. That's the pod for today. Keep moving forward and don't doom scroll your way into some kind of weird depression. Promise me that. Learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. 
Be kind to each other. That seems important right now. And for goodness sakes, be safe.